BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He dives down on the feeder and eats the hummingbird, grabs it in his mouth. And it's like, and I screamed. I was like, no. no. And and my husband was like, what's happening? And I was like, the squirrel, it just ate the hummingbird. And he was like, squirrels don't eat hummingbirds. And I'm like, I am telling you, this squirrel just ate a hummingbird. Everybody was like, squirrels don't eat hummingbirds. I Googled it. Squirrels eat hummingbirds. What? Watch your baby hummingbirds. They will come for them. Welcome to Fanatics, everybody, and get excited because I know I am. Today, we are going to get to meet with a star from one of my favorite shows, The Office. That's right, Angela Kinsey, and she's here to talk to Claire and I about hummingbirds. Hummingbirds, Claire, can you believe it? I I can, and you know what, Jake? You know what I love more than hummingbirds? What? I love Angela. Yes! <laughs> I Today was the first time I've got to meet her, and she is such a genuine, nice, just like a naturally funny person that it makes her love of hummingbirds so relatable, I guess you could yeah. say. Contagious, yes, almost. Conta- you were a big fan of The Office. You you want- Huge. Okay, favorite episode, favorite Angela moment from Honestly, the show? Honestly, I've seen, I've seen every episode at least five times, okay. and it's probably closer to 10 or 15. <laughs> but favorite Angela moment? You know, I like- Spoiler alert, in later seasons, when she goes broke after uh, the senator, you know, turns out to be gay, leaves her be, Dwight doesn't take her back, and she's living with Oscar. I love that version of Angela because it's this horrible woman getting what she deserves, and then she comes back from it. And the best part about our episode today is you're going to get to see the real Angela. She's not that crazy cat lady. She's not that person who's going to go sleep with Andy and Dwight at the same time. Uh Uh-uh. She is an amazing person who has a love and passion for hummingbirds. And Claire, I think it comes through pretty good on this episode, huh? I think it does. And you know what? Between The Office and then, of course, you know, The Office Ladies podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. So funny. Her and Jenna are amazing and just... Like, I can't recommend it highly enough. Listen, after you listen to Fanatics, go listen to Office Ladies Podcast. But she's just such a lovely human being that I just, yeah. you know, I think we're going to hang out a lot in the future, Jake. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I, that's 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 my goal now. If she'll just accept my friend request uh, on Instagram, you know, or Facebook or anything, because I'm trying on all, all fronts here. Right. Just, just a full assault on her social full media assault. from you. Um, <laughs> anyway, enjoy this episode of Fanatics, where Angela Kinsey talks about her love of hummingbirds. So cute. 
So Angela, do hummingbirds actually hum or is that just an urban legend based on their name? I think they make like a clicking sound, you know, and I do think their um, wings make a humming noise. And I don't know, we have um, a few that are super aggressive. I found out they're called Rufus hummingbirds. Oh. And they're like the more rust colored ones. You know, I also have the ones that have the sort of ruby red throat. And they're green. They're more green. And they're more chill. They're like, I like, I call them all my friends, first of all. I call my hummingbirds. I'm like, I'll say to my husband, my friends came today. And he's like, okay, honey. But the ruby red throat with little green guys, they're smaller and they are zippy. They Mm -hmm. like zip around. Like you hear them like, but then my Rufus ones, they are just so like sassy they come into the feeder. They, like, fight everyone off. They fight each other. They buzz around. Anyway, listen to me. I'm this lady now. Oh, my God. They all are, like, my friends, and I've given them all personalities. You've anthropomorphized the hummingbirds, and there's nothing better mm-hmm. than that happening. Okay, for people who maybe, you know, don't re- aren't really into birds, I guess, what, what, is the, what defines a hummingbird? Like, what creates that breed? What qualifies a bird as a hummingbird? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a hummingbird is a hummingbird. It's a, it's, you know, it's a little guy or gal and it's got the long, you know, little, you know, like a uh, beak and, and a super long tongue. One time I zoomed in because of course I put one right outside my office window. Mm-hmm. And of course I procrastinate by not working. I just zoom in and film my hummingbirds and they have a crazy long tongue. They're like, 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 like. They pretty much, it seems like they move constantly. Again, I am not an expert, just a super fan. And they're just kind of always on the move. And here's the cutest thing, you guys. They have it, when they make a nest, it's like, it's the tiniest little thing. It's like, you know, like when you eat a Reese's peanut butter cup, Mm -hmm. but the mini one and like the little (laughs) wrapper, it's like the little, this is how, also, this is how I measure size in candy bars. So um, (laughs) I'm a scientist, if you can't tell. It's a mini Reese's nest. I've never heard anything more adorable mm-hmm. than that in my life. <laughs> They're so cute and they keep me company. It sounds like these friends keep you company. How many of these hummingbird friends? Because clearly you have at least five that hang out with you. Jake, Jake, please. <laughs> I have so <laughs> many friends. Okay. I'm very popular because I put feeders everywhere. And you can get uh. different kinds of feeders. Okay. I know some people get the feeders that are sort of like the, the like, you know, long ones with the little legs with on the them. the flowers coming out, the yellow like, flowers. Yeah, yeah. They look like a lamp. My yes. favorite hummingbird feeder, are you ready? Hot tip, because it's easy to clean. And I clean mine every Sunday and I make my own hummingbird food every Sunday. Mm. So I get the one that looks like, they call it like the flying saucer. Okay. Because it looks like a little flying, like a ye olde 1970s TV show flying saucer. Love it. And the top is red, but the top comes off really easy. They hang easily. They don't spill. Listen, I have done my research on hummingbird feeders. This is my favorite one. And it's not expensive at all. And then they're really easy to clean. And you have to clean. You have to clean your hummingbird feeders Mm -hmm. or your friends are not going to come by. Now, you mentioned making your own food. I want to get back to that Mm -hmm. in a second. But speaking of like the shape of the flying saucer hummingbird feeder, Mm -hmm. the hummingbird Mm -hmm. doesn't actually perch on anything when they feed, right? They just kind of hover in the air. No, they perch. Oh, they do. They perch. And okay. It's so cute. It's so, so cute. Like, <laughs> sometimes they just sometimes they just land and they just look around. And they're like, maybe I'm gonna drink. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm gonna sit here. Now I'm gonna go. It's like so cute. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Tell oh, us I about also the- have a hummingbird swing. I have a hummingbird swing. How does because, that work? Well, you know what happens. As soon as your family knows you like something, they double down on it. Uh-huh. So get ready. Come Christmas, you know, this year, I actually, it was on back order. My husband was really bummed, but this year he bought me a hat where like the, with the visor where the hummingbirds come and sit like on your hat <gasps> and they're like eating right there. I can't wait to use it. I have, I, we only just got it because it's on back order. But my sister sent me a little hummingbird swing, oh. and it's, it looks like it looks like a little mini trapeze, and you hang it in your plant, and then it's tiny, and they come and they sit on it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my god! That is the most I adorable know. thing I know. I've ever heard. Tell me more about the hat. Like I need to go deep dive into this hat situation. Okay, you will not be disappointed if you just type into your Google search hummingbird hat. Mm-hmm. People make their own. People have a lot of time on their hand. They have a lot of resources. They're getting real creative out there. My husband found one for me that it looks like a visor, like a clear visor in the front, but then it's got a little lip on it and they come and sit. I haven't used it yet, you guys. We only just got it. But then also uh, a gal I met named Michelle makes her own hummingbird hats and she just sent me one. She does like a DIY. I now own two hummingbird hats and I, I am ready to bust them out. Get oh ready. Get ready for that Instagram content because it's going to happen. That is coming. I can't. You need to have mm-hmm. a whole pin story with the yeah. hummingbird hat. Right. I know. Right. I know. Real quick, because we, we put a pin in this and I got to go back. Angela, it sounds like you're a chef for these hummingbirds. Have you like mixed around with different ingredients or is there a go-to food for them every time? There is a go-to food for them. So... I don't use any dye, and you don't want to use brown sugar or honey, none of that. It's super simple. You use one cup of sugar and four cups water, and you bring it to a light boil. You don't want to overdo it, you Mm -hmm. know, and you stir, and then you let it sit and cool, and you put it in their feeder. And what is the origin of the red dye? How did that come and go? Because it doesn't seem healthy, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, I've read that it's not. And hummingbird food is so easy to make. You have everything you need, you know, at home for it. So the dye, I think it started because they are attracted to colorful flowers. They are attracted to the color red. So I think that's how the dye started. But your food does not have to have color. Mm. Especially if you get the flying saucer hummingbird feeder (laughs) that I have because it's got a red top. Oh, so it's built in into the into the feeding system, ecosystem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can also, if you don't have a feeder, you can plant, you know, they, there's so many flowers that they like. They love like a sweet flower, like a honeysuckle or a petunia. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Jake, Jake was like, did I hear petunia? Hello. I, I mean, it, it caught my ears. I'm I'm so curious here, Angela, because it sounds like you love hummingbirds. Do you love all birds or is it really just hummingbirds? Well, for me, it's it's a family reminder, and I live away from my family, and I miss them, and all the women in my family have hummingbird feeders, so mm. I moved around a lot growing up. My dad was a drilling engineer, so I was born in Louisiana. When I was two years old, we moved to Jakarta, Indonesia. I wow. lived in Indonesia until I was 14. I speak the language. Apakabar, how are you? Kabada bike, terima kasih, I'm fine, thank you. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, when we got back stateside, you know, one of the places we would always go every summer was my grandmother's house. And my grandparents' house was the one constant in my life. We all have some memory like that, right? Uh It's the one thing you always could check in on and a touchstone. And I loved her kitchen so much. And her kitchen, 
you know, it was a little kitchen dining room, a little uh, two-bedroom house, you know, a little, little space there, but so cozy. And on the corner of her kitchen, she had this big window, and she had a hummingbird feeder. And we would sit in her kitchen, have a glass of iced tea, and the hummingbirds would just come like she would get so many. I am still in awe of my grandmother's hummingbird situation because I get like, you know, I got like five guys that come around pretty regular. She had like 20. I was mm. like, grandmother, what are you putting in that feeder? <laughs> but it was just, you know, they, they lived out in the country and she she just always had hummingbird feeder outside her kitchen window. And then my mom and my sisters now all live near each other in the same small town, and they all have these hummingbird feeders. And I don't know. It's just a little it's a little piece of home for me, I think. I totally agree because growing up in Ohio, this was my my grandmother had hummingbird feeders out like on her like screened in porch or, you know, open mm-hmm. porch. And then, you know, we'd sit in the screened in porch and watch them. And then my mom got into it. And I, I, I'm i with you. Like, I feel like this is like my lineage is, is hummingbird loving. <laughs> it's making me want to get back into it with the flying saucer and the hat and everything. I know. Well, as soon as I, you know, was able to have a home of my own and a family, I was like, oh, my God, I got to get a hummingbird feeder. That's oh. what we do, right? And then I got to hang it outside a window. So have you made your kids, like I've made my kids, stand under the feeder, maybe it's similar to the concept of the hat, except I've just done it with them just standing there under the feeder, maybe a foot back and like be super still and what they the the birds will come, as you know, by proof of the hat. But, you know, I've had my kids just stand there super still and be watching the birds. And it's just amazing to them. Well, okay, so we haven't done that. My kids are so much taller than me, and my little uh, bird stand is like is my height, so I can see it outside the window. <laughs> so they can't stand under it. But I have one feeder on one side of the porch and one on the other, so they zip back and forth, and it is really cool to sit there and watch them go like but now everyone wants to try on the hat, like everyone. They're mm-hmm. like, when are you going to set up the hat? We got to do the hat. We got to do the hat. I'm like, okay, well, it's spring break. I get back from time. Okay, well, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You got to, you have got to so video that They hat. all want to wear the hat. They all want to sit and wear the hat. So <laughs> we're going to, we're going to give it a go. You're right about the zipping back and forth, though. It's almost like they're like military, like, you know, stealth, like jets going like, there's not really a bird that has that type of speed or agility, right? Like if you think about it. I mean, not any that are my friends. (laughs) I mean, an eagle is obviously majestic and a huge like symbolic bird, but it soars. Mm -hmm. Like that's the eagle's thing, you know, it's soaring. And like, you know, a seagull is kind of squawking and diving. And there's not really another like zipper bird. A tiny zipper one. Oh, here's the other thing. I had to move one of my feeders, you guys. Mm. Are you ready for this? Okay. Because we have... A squirrel that, okay, had like a nest. He's got a nest in the tree. I don't know. My my son named him Javardo. I don't know why. But anyway, so Javardo has a nest. He's coming down. He like uses the fence to kind of crawl across the yard, you know? And I had one of my feeders hanging off the fence. And I was sitting there just like working. And I look out the window and the squirrel is like, I swear, you guys, like a cat, he's creeping up on the hummingbird feeder. Yeah. I was like, what is he doing? That squirrel, what is he doing? I, he can't be doing that. Maybe I'm just loopy. I've been I've been at this computer too long. He's creeping. He's creeping in. He 
dives down on the feeder and eats the hummingbird, grabs it in his mouth. And it's like, hung, hung. and I screamed. I was like, no. no. And, and my husband was like, what's happening? And I was like, the squirrel, it just ate the hummingbird. And he was like, squirrels don't eat hummingbirds. And I'm like, I am telling you, this squirrel just ate a hummingbird. Everybody was like, squirrels don't eat hummingbirds. I Googled it. Squirrels eat hummingbirds. What? Watch your baby hummingbirds. They will come for them. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. I want you to know. Listen, it was traumatic. If you imagine watching a squirrel eat a hummingbird, just put that in your brain for a second. Okay. No, thank you. It was, no, thank you. Too late. Sorry. But so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to move that feeder off away from the fence and the squirrel like uh-huh. highway. Yeah. Speaking of hummingbirds and nests and uh, baby hummingbirds, have you ever seen a little baby hummingbird be born out of its shell and learn to fly? I haven't witnessed the birth, but um, imagine if I had. Imagine if I was right. like, you guys, I have some Nat Geo cameras <laughs> on loan. No, um, but I had a guy. I got, I had a friend of mine who was, a, you know, we all like support each other. He was like a little struggling in between jobs as an actor and he was a painter. And I was like, hey, can you come over and help me and paint and do some stuff? And um, I had this, like this uh, vine, like a trumpet vine, flower vine that went over part of the fence and he was standing under it, getting ready to paint. And a little tiny hummingbird fell out of its nest and landed on his shoulder. And he was like, Ange, Ange, a big hummingbird on my shoulder. And then we tried to figure out how to like, kind of like let it roll off his Dip shoulder back down. into the nest. Because yeah. we, we didn't want to touch it because mm-hmm. we didn't want the mom to be like, oh no, what's happened here? I can't feed you now. But yeah, so that did happen. And I was like, that's got to be good luck, right? If a baby hummingbird falls on your shoulder. It, it sounds like if you ever get sick of the acting thing, you know, you could just be an OBGYN for hummingbirds. Oh, a hundred percent. That's, that's <laughs> That's the next I, I don't know, like, what you were thinking. That's been my backup plan all along. So, Fair um, enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you say you make a joke about the Nat Geo cameras, but I'm telling you, those when you come across one of those cameras on the right nest, that's interesting. And I will sit there. I've watched, like, these this pair of, like, eagles sit on these two eggs. It's probably the eggs have hatched by now. But, I mean, I, this is recently I'm talking about. Oh, can you, like, go? It's live? Is it yeah, like it's a live feed? it's like a live I feed oh, from a national you park have to send me that link. on the Eagle Nest. And I find myself just like, forget about scrolling on Facebook or like TikTok. This is where it's at. The Eagle Nest. No, thank you. And they're sitting mm-hmm. on two eggs and like the way they trade on and off. And the, the female actually sat there for 23 hours in a row. Like the other, and there's a giant snowstorm going on where it's happening. So, you know, you joke about the surveillance cameras at your house, but I actually think, Angela, that's the next step for you is to have a live feed of if you can find one of your Reese's Pieces nests, like how that would you'd be like the internet phenomenon for hummingbirds. The minute we get off this Zoom, I'm I'm like gonna Google like a pencil size camera. I'm I'm gonna like send you some see links. the rabbit hole that takes me down. <laughs> Be- I really do want to see the eagles, though. Will you send me yeah, that? Yeah, I will send you that. And you okay. also seem like me, like a person who has a lot of free time. <laughs> so I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure we can arrange this thing. between the two of us. I know for a fact you have no free time and neither do I. But this is like my way of procrastinating. Right. I will sit down to, to work and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to work. Oh, who's stopping by? Oh, <laughs> right? It's my sassy Rufus. Oh. I and- need to give him my undivided attention. Yeah, I love it. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, so you mentioned, you know, your grandmother and your mom and your sisters are, you know, the the members of the female side of your family have, have, you know, cultivated this love of hummingbirds. Do you have a first memory of like being like, wow, that's awesome or anything like that? Or is it just sort of like an overarching memory of always they have been around your family? I just have such a clear memory of my grandmother's kitchen and just sitting. She had this little table in the corner, you know, and her kitchen was so just, oh, it just was comfort instantly when you went in and sat there and we would visit and she would make you an iced tea so sweet, your tooth would fall out. And, you know, she always had a little snack for us. And this window where we would sit was just this big window and the hummingbird feeder was right there. And I can see her sitting there now. You know, she's passed away. She lived till she was 100. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing, amazing lady, Lena Kinsey. And I can just see her sitting there and with this hummingbird feeder over her shoulder with like 30 of them swarming around. And just a kid moving around a lot, just having memories like that. I, I, She was always there. Whenever you would call her, I knew right where she was sitting. And I could just picture her instantly. Incidentally, as she got older, she had the old time phone. You guys know, like the one that was mounted on the wall that was oh, like yeah. yellow, and uh-huh. and you and she got the extended cord so she could walk all around the <laughs> kitchen with it in the crook of her neck while she was. And she never got a new one. That was the phone there till the day she passed away. And I could just picture her weaving that cord around between the stove and the sink. And and then she had to get a magnifying thing, volume <laughs> magnifier on it. So and and I hadn't been in her kitchen, you know, in a few months and I went over and no one told me. It was like an inside family joke because the reaction of the first person that didn't know when it rang, because I won't it will blow out your ears, but <laughs> literally she just sit there chopping and it it would ring so violently that all of us would be like, ah, but she would barely even flinch. She'd be like, oh, is that the phone? And it's like, ring. It was like so loud. Did not scare off the hummingbirds, though. They still, they, they, they grew, still I mean, around. they adjusted. Like that was their home as well. So they just adapted yeah. to the environment. And you know what's so wild, too? Because they're in North Texas, small town North Texas. They get wind like crazy. Like wind comes through there and there's nothing to stop it. And that is kind of something wild that I, I haven't really seen here as much. But I have watched hummingbirds off my grandmother's porch get blown off the feeder because they're just like there. And then they're like, oh. Angela. And then they come back. Where in North Texas? Because I'm in Dallas right now. Are you really? Richardson, okay. specifically. Richardson, I know, I know. I am. We lived two years, transition years in Dallas, and I went to J.J. Pierce High School. I went to J.J. Pierce High School. That's crazy. Yeah. I only went. I only went for a year, you know? I was mm-hmm. like a year and a half. I was in and out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, when we moved back. Us and uh, Jessica Simpson. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my family, my my grandmother, uh-huh. my grandparents, Lena and Finus Kinsey, uh, had a little place in uh, right outside of Archer. Well, it's in Archer City, but right outside the city limits. So if you take 287 North, uh-huh. right, and you get off at Bowie, 
and you take the farm to market road. I love this. I love this. You're going to you're going to get to Archer City. It's a four-way stop and a caution light. We don't even have a red light. No red light needed. Just oh just take your turn. Blink. That's so crazy, Angela. It's such a small yeah. world. So, yeah. you still have family up there? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. oh, I go back all the time. Okay. My um my my dad bought land with his dad and my dad has passed away, but my mom is there and my sisters. It's like when I go there and I get on the farm, it's like I can breathe. And I think what I'm trying to make here in this urban city that I live in, you know, it's so congested and there's, it's just so busy and the hustle and the Uh bustle and which none of that exists on my family farm. We just, I'm just trying to find a little piece of my hometown, I think, my my family's farm. I love hearing about this, obviously, because I could, this is where I am and this is where I'm from. So it's amazing, Angela. But it also shows me you have such a strong support system around you. So I'm curious, you mentioned your husband getting you this hat. You mentioned your friends getting you uh, the hummingbird swing. Mm-hmm. But do other people share this love for you? Do you have like friends that you talk about hummingbirds with? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like a big, you know, like a big party. We just talk about hummingbirds. I have a Tuesday night hummingbird club. <laughs> I don't. Um, I'm sort of the only one. But my sisters love hummingbirds. So I get a lot of we get a lot of hummingbird chatter with my siblings. Uh, But no, I'm kind of solo out here. But you know what? I do find people online. You know how we all connect Mm -hmm. on Instagram. World Wide Web. So (laughs) the World Wide Web. I find a lot of folks that love hummingbirds out there way far and above and beyond like my time and like ability to to like lean into this passion but people are out there they're they're living their life but now that we're going to be setting up cameras <laughs> at your house <laughs> we're going to exactly. we're going to have to join a couple of those groups i think <laughs> i know i know this show is so fun because it's it really is about like just super getting into what you're into and and mm-hmm. when you find like-minded communities which it that is one of the great things about you know the our digital age and online society is you don't have to live next to someone to connect with them about something like a hummingbird so you can no, you know no no join a group this, from this anywhere. gal Michelle that made me the hummingbird hat yeah I, I mean we've met through Instagram and yes. she lives you know in Pacific Northwest and. She made me a hummingbird hat. <laughs> so, so you definitely, you can find your people for sure. So you have really now that we've talked about this on Fanatics, dug your hole for hummingbird gifts for the rest of your life. So you might as well shout out a couple things you'd like. Stained glass hummingbirds. Yes. yes or no. <laughs> uh, hummingbird ornaments. Hummingbird crocheted oh, on towels. I have, let me tell you what I have. I have now two hummingbird hats, as we know. I have multiple feeders. My husband for my birthday got me, uh, there's this great artist named uh, Rachel Brown. We just love her. And he commissioned her to do a hummingbird painting. She'd never done hummingbirds. So I have this beautiful hummingbird painting. And also my 50th birthday party, I did a wine and canvas and everyone had to paint a hummingbird. Oh, of course. And and we took this paint uh, art class, you know, and what was really funny is Creed Bratton he painted like a spaceship. I was like, Creed, it's supposed to be a hummingbird. He said, it started out as a hummingbird, <laughs> pumpkin. And I'm like, okay, Creed. But my kids painted hummingbirds. It was such a fun birthday. We like set up easels out in the yard and painted hummingbirds. So I did that. And then, oh my gosh, I have hummingbird keychains. I have hummingbird Christmas ornaments. I do not have 
like a hummingbird sweatshirt, I would totally Yet. wear it. Yet. Because <laughs> I'm a fashion statement, as we know. I would do it. I would wear a hummingbird sweatshirt. I love it. Hint. Hint. Yes. So what is the entry point? So you did the paint and pour at, you know, the paint and canvas and, and everybody did hummingbird. And let's say, let's say someone comes up to you afterwards like, Angela, I, I've never been into hummingbirds, but now I am. What is, what is my entry point? What advice do you give them? Okay. Are you ready to get deep, Claire? Let, I want to. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about having a little hummingbird feeder and caring for it. And taking the time out to just sit and watch it is you get to be still Mm. just for a second. Here's my big life philosophy, which is we're just always going and going and going. And anytime you have a little something, especially outside, that just makes you sit and be quiet for a second or be still. My dad used to say all the time, you know, he would take a minute. He'd sit in his recliner and I'd be like, Dad, what are you doing? He said, I'm just going to sit and be still. It's mm. good, Ange. It's good for you. Sit and be still. I'd be like, okay, Dad. Okay. <laughs> and he would say, go out and find yourself a thinking spot. I'm like, okay. We would, over the years, I would find a little place out in nature to sit. And I would say, Dad, I would text him, Dad, I found my thinking spot. Mm. And then he would send me a picture. You know, maybe he'd be out on a rig and it'd be sunset and he would have sat down. He'd say, Ange, I found myself a thinking spot. And they, these are the things you carry with you for your whole life. They get you through times of like sadness they get you through times of happiness they make the world feel small and not so scary mm-hmm. and i think the the hummingbird thing you know for me it's family it's take a minute be still find yourself a thinking spot and you know now my grandmother's passed away my dad's passed away and these are my touchstones to them you know i find a thinking spot i have a hummingbird feeder and it's these small ways that you stay just connected to the those that you love that aren't with you anymore and then and to yourself too. So that that's like my big, I think, takeaway. So if there's someone out there that's like, hey, I like hummingbirds, maybe I'll get into it. I'll say, I think it's bigger than, you know, just being like, oh, I'm the, I'm the weird bird lady now. It's also just about taking a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. That makes sense. You know, they have goat yoga and they have like, we've we've used fish to like work on our pedicures. Now I'm like imagining in my mind that we have like a meditative like hummingbird room where you go in, you get in your meditative <laughs> spot and then you don't have to shut your eyes though. You don't have to meditate within. You can use the birds as your meditation mm-hmm. vehicle, you know, instead of your breathing. So yeah. I'm and into the only, it. The only rule, no squirrels. No squirrels. <laughs> Who knew? I did not know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe thousands of you out there knew that squirrels are, are no carnivores. Mm-mm. I just always thought a squirrel like eating nuts, mm-hmm. you know? But no, they will eat a little hummingbird. So that is not cool. At least at least this big Los Angeles squirrel did. That is that is not fair. <laughs> it's not okay. You know, there's really like I was I kind of started the podcast by saying it, and I'll say it again. There's really no other bird that does what a hummingbird does. You know, nope. there's there's so many birds that can sort of be encapsulated in the same like family of birds. But this is the only it's almost insect like in its wing ability and the the speed at which it can flap its wings. Right. Also, the color of the wings mm. and the feathers. We haven't mm. even gotten into this. Oh, the yes. Because there's so like beautiful. over like 300 species. Right. Yes, yeah. I think there's like 
350 or something. But there's so many different colors. And um, talk about like something fun to find on Instagram is my fellow hummingbird friends who are actual photographers, like nature Ooh. photographers. I am following one right now, and it he, I can't even get over the pictures of these hummingbirds. And he'll I, I, I don't have the hummingbirds here that have all the pink, you know? Mine are more rufous and then the ruby throat. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just amazed at all these different colors and different types that these guys are – these guys and gals are um, taking photos of. But I find you all on Instagram. I see you, and I enjoy you. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Angela, this has been an amazing, an amazing podcast about hummingbirds. Uh, Can you please (laughs) regale us before we leave with your love letter Mm -hmm. to your friends, the little hummingbirds? I will. Dear tiny hummingbirds, I just want you to know that each day that I see you, you bring me joy. You remind me of people I love. You make me sit and be still. And I thank you. Love, and I'll always be here for you, Angela. Love, Angela. Now go sit in your tiny Reese's Pieces nest. (laughs) Yes. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I love that Angela calls the hummingbirds her friends. And she means it. It's not like she's just saying that. She clearly cares about these creatures that she sees all the time. It's so sweet. Well, I mean, and finding the quiet space, like, I really like that. Like, your thinking space, or I can't remember exactly what her dad said, but, like, that makes so much sense. And I do feel that that, there's something very meditative about, like, watching the speed of a hummingbird's wings and watching the intricacy as they, you know, as they either hover or uh-huh. perch, perhaps, to take a sip of the nectar that you've cooked for them. <laughs> it sounds so amazing, Claire. I'm honestly thinking of driving. It's an hour and a half to Archer City, Texas. Okay. And I will go with my wife and look at hummingbirds out there because Angela sold it so amazing. Yeah. It seems like that could be like a good date thing. And, you know, and I'm serious about having like the meditative hummingbird, like meditation room. That would, I would definitely go there. (laughs) Honestly, coming in, I could have cared less about hummingbirds. Now I'm Googling stuff as we speak, like really excited to find out more about hummingbirds. Well, I had the same thing with my grandmother and that sort of relationship of like growing up watching her feed the hummingbirds. And it just was like a very symbolic thing. You know, it symbolizes sort of like family and and to me like purity of that generation. Mm -hmm. And especially where I grew up, small town, farm, Ohio, you know, there was a certain like purity of life that came with you know, boiling the water and the sugar and putting it out for the birds. And that definitely has been lost on me in my, you know, last decade and a half of working and mothering and running around and being Uh like a crazy person. But there is, it is something now that I want to get back into, especially I'm very intrigued about the flying saucer style because I've always had the, the red sort of 
lantern style with the yellow uh-huh. flowers at the bottom. That's always the feeder I've had. So I, the flying saucer one, I'm into because, you know, I'm also an X-Files fan. So I want to believe. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, if you want to hear more from Angela, guys, she, of course, hosts the amazing The Office Ladies podcast with her co-host from The Office, Jenna Fisher. So you could check her out there. Claire. What else can we do to sell people on hummingbirds before we get out of here? Well, I don't know if I need to sell them on hummingbirds, but I will sell them on podcasts. Mm. (laughs) Definitely listen to the the office ladies. We love both of those ladies. And also check out all the Fanatics episodes we've ever done. There's 100, wearefanatics.com or on Twitter at wearefanatics. You can listen to Angela's episode and... You know, just scroll on back and pick what you like. And sharing is caring. So don't forget to mention fanatics to your friends. Until next Thursday, folks, take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. <laughs>